Hello everyone and welcome to Nortna Galtir. This is our first episode and we're really excited to share with you uh, some of our experiences, some of our mm. stories. Um, and we'll just start by maybe, uh, we'll start the first episode with a little introduction, but um, first we wanted to just um, do a quick reminder that uh, we can only speak from our own experiences and our own viewpoints and that even though we are both very passionate about uh, sort of fighting um, inequality everywhere we see it uh, you know we still we we can mess up we're not perfect so um, if we do and you notice it feel free to contact us and let us know because and we'll try to be very gracious about it (laughs) yeah where we're recording this now uh, we're sat in my living room on this old sofa um which is like it's very noisy um so we apologize if any of that is like if that's made its way into this in a in too strong of a of a way mm-hmm. um but yes it's we're something we've taken to a church of. so yeah. if you've had the church bells yeah it's, it's nice <laughs> okay so shall i go first yeah you go first okay so uh i am albert i am 26 I've been practicing witchcraft now in various, well, various aspects of witchcraft for 13 years. Um, I started with Wicca, like most people. Um, the TV show Charmed actually got me into <laughs> lots of lots of witchy things. Yes. Um, and I was obsessed with it. Growing up in Catholic school as well, it was like this sanctuary of, of magical difference. So that was very nice. Yes. Um, and yeah, so I, I went from uh, from watching Charmed and loving that show to like diving into Wicca, um, and I started actually with uh, Scott Cunningham's Guide for the Solitary Practitioner, uh, which is a really good book. I still mm-hmm. think it's a very good book. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that was like that was the very beginning, um, and from there I moved more towards magical herbalism. Um, and that was maybe, I think maybe I had like three or four years of, of deeper Wiccan things like self-initiation and stuff. I was never in a coven. Um, I was always, I mean, I had my, my small circle of friends who were all practicing Mm -hmm. too, but we never, I mean, we had our differences with how we like to do things. So we never were in a cohesive enough way to form a coven. Um, Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, we uh, we had like a little circle and stuff, and that was really nice. And then for maybe yeah, after self initiation, maybe four years of of Gardnerian Wicca, um, I moved more towards studying magical herbalism, um, and through the work of Dorian Valiente, actually um, looking into Sussex folklore uh, from where I'm from uh, in the UK, and. Uh, yeah, that was like another step because I found all this folklore and I found all of these, all of these old, well, old stories and uh, stories of like the the cunning men, cunning women, um, you know, like the wart healers and whatever, like all the mm. old people in the village, and you'd go to this guy or this woman, and they'd be like, "Yes, I have all these herbs for you," and like that was <laughs> I just loved that, uh, and it was really romantic as well. And actually, Dorian Valiente's writing being so romantic. Um, was definitely one of the things that drew me to Wicca um, and drew me to to folky bits as well. Mm. Um, 
and yeah, so then after that, I uh, <clears throat> I met uh, a bunch of other magical people. Um, but there was this one guy, John, that we became really good friends, and he was more into Alshothru, and like he knew all the runes. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then I, I started learning from him, and he taught me all the runes. Um, and that was maybe like a year or two of, of study, like focusing on that. Oh, nice. Um, and more Norse stuff. Um, yeah, so for listeners who don't know, uh, Alshothru is the Nordic or Norse pantheon mythology etc like Thor yes or Thor if you watch the Avengers movies but uh, yeah so I moved on to that um, and got more deeper into Norse shamanic things um, and also like I was still going along with Wicca at the same time but with Wicca it's so open and so free that you can yeah sort of well I mean you can essentially pick and choose your deities, especially if you're solitary, you can pick and choose your deities. Um, and rather than pick and choose, I mean, you can work with who comes to you or who feels right yes. um, and feel it out. But uh, yeah, it's it definitely, I went from more eclectic Wicca to more of a focus on Norse bits. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so the, uh, I learned about the runes. Um, and he had a grove, actually, a really nice uh, yew tree um, mm. on these old rocks in the middle of nowhere. Um, so we would go there quite a lot, and I would land there, which was another like very romanticised image of magic. And I, it's I don't know in Sussex, my home county, it's like all of these stories. You read them, and it feels I don't know. You can put yourself in those. If you've been to these places, you can put. Yourself, I'm sure it happens with so many other places as well. Mm-hmm. But you can put yourself into these situations that you're reading about, mm. um, and it just feels so much more alive. And yeah, yeah. And I love that. So I, I connected with all that very quickly. Um, and then uh, yeah, I went on from learning the runes to uh, like what well, back to focusing more on on folky things, so charms and talismans and stuff. But I would use Galdorslavr and, uh, mm-hmm. and like other, like bind runes at the start when I didn't really know, I didn't know the deeper levels. Mm-hmm. So I would do, I would use bind runes and stuff for various charms and things. Um, Galdorslavr and bind runes are uh, Norse runic um, talismans basically, or sigils. Yeah. And yeah, so I went into like all of that and that was really great. Um, and now I like now my it's the same practice really for me now it's still I'm still very much into folky things um, and Norsey things mm. and the two like those well Sussex folk magic and Norse stuff works well, I mean it works well together for me yeah um, so yeah, all, sc- all comes from sort of Celtic roots yeah, it's very like similar very European <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so it all it all works together very well for me um but that's where I am now. It's been 13 years and cool. a nice journey so far. So yeah. Nice. Um, yeah, so I'm Alta and uh, I'm born and bred in Iceland. <laughs> um, uh, I use the pronoun they, them or any neutral pronouns that aren't a version of it. Um, and I've had sort of ups and downs with my practice. It, it comes and it goes kind of thing in waves. Um, and it's always been sort of present. Um, 
my grandmother on my dad's side uh, was always like teaching me about angels and spirits and had like all these crystals and plants in her home and um, she would um, she was a painter and uh, we would do these like like journals or sketchbooks like she would give me sketchbooks where she would she had like written information about all of these different angels and then I would sort of read that and then I was supposed to go on with it and I would like make up my own angels nice. like with all these different themes and I was always like very rich imagination um, so I was making up all of those things um, so that really came from her uh, she was always giving me like little crystals as well and um, and every new year she would have like a uh, fortune telling open house thing where her and her friends would like read cards or tea leaves or stuff like that. Um, she read this um, specific deck of cards that's called like just the Viking cards. It has like a lot of uh, references to Norse mythology. Um, and yeah, so it sort of started there. Um, always been really fascinated with fairy tales and folklore and um, uh, and I always had like really vivid imagination around everything. Basically, I was always making stuff up, making up stories, and believing in elves and all of these creatures. <laughs> um, and like, I, I think I saw ghosts as a kid, um, and I've seen like ghosts a couple of times since then. Um, and then when I was a teenager, like going through my rebellious phase. <laughs> Um, I got really into like all all kinds of counterculture, just like nice. trying to be different from everyone else, basically, because I was like, no, I am different, but I just don't know in what way yet. <laughs> so, um, you know, I went through a punk phase and a goth mm -hmm. phase and, you know, all of those things. Um, but yeah, in my goth phase, uh, you know, Wicca came into my life as, as a thing. Um, so I got really interested in Wicca. Um, I got a lot of books about it, like spell books and um, candles and things. And I did a few um, a few spells and, and rituals from there. Uh, uh, the, the one I most remember is uh, when I had a sort of uh, ghost in my bedroom that would like tease me. And it was just really irritating. So... I found a spell to get rid of a ghost and I exercised it into a potato. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and then I buried the potato um, in a flower bed <laughs> and an unnamed location in Reykjavik. <laughs> it's still there to this day. It's still there. I don't know. I, I'm like, I've never even walked past there again. I'm like, no, no. <laughs> what if he's angry at me? <laughs> but it worked. Um, so, you know, that was, that was like one of the, one of the biggest spells that I did that I was like, this really works kind of thing. The other, you know, you know, you can do stuff that makes you feel better, but this was like, okay, this is, is actually did something. Um, so like since then magic has always been a part of my life. I got a tarot deck when I was like 14, 15, something like that. Um, so I've been really tarot since then. Um, when I was in Mentoskole, um, which is a gymnasium uh, school you go to when you're 16 to 20 years old, uh, I did a course, like my school was really cool. They had a lot of like weird courses. So I did a course on magic, Nice. <laughs> got credits for it and everything. Wow. 
so we learned about the runes um, and how to make Galdrastavir, the sigils. Um, I did an essay about the tarot um, and we learned a bunch of other things as well. It was really cool. Nice. Um, and yeah, since then it's just been sort of, it comes and goes sometimes like I'll have a few years maybe even where I'm just like, I'm not really into it. I don't hardly do anything. And then I have like a few years where I'm super into it and I'm like doing everything magical that I can think of. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, um, I don't know how I would describe my magic. Um, it's a, it's a collection of, uh, sort of personal things. Um, some of it comes from Wicca, sure, uh, but I don't, I would never describe myself as a Wiccan. Mm. Um, like, my pantheon is the Nordic gods, and sometimes the Greek as well, because uh, those were the mythologies I was obsessed with as a kid. Mm, yeah, I would read so. so much about them, um, mostly because those are the only ones that were accessible yeah. as a kid. Like... I would have loved to read more about like Egyptian gods and stuff like that, but it just wasn't really available. Mm. Um, but then, I mean, that's also a lot further away from my uh, heritage. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't even know if I'd be comfortable with that now. Mm. Um, but yeah, uh, Norse and Greek. Um, yeah, I don't know how to describe it. <laughs> it's um, I, I follow my intuition a lot. So I just sort of do what comes naturally to me. Yeah. Are you more animistic in your approach? Like animism as the belief in, that all things have an innate spirit and... Mm -hmm. a, so, a sort of life. Like a, yeah, like a life force. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's like the force in Star Wars. Like yeah, everybody, yeah, yeah. everything has the force. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's basically what animism is. <laughs> um, yes. Sort of. I mean, I believe everything in nature has a force. And like, I, I lived abroad for six years and that was like living abroad and coming back home was like the first time I could truly feel how powerful Iceland is. Like just the nature here and like there is a spirit in the nature here. Like even just in the city, you can feel it. Yeah. Like there's something in the earth here that is just vibrating. Last night was crazy. The full yeah. moon was uh, like, yeah. <laughs> I didn't sleep hardly at all, which is normal for a full moon, but it was just yeah. it was so intense. It was so intense. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I was living in London for most of that time and that was just like nothing really because it's such a, it's so out of touch with nature. Yeah. Um, so coming back here was always just like this, this boost of energy. Yeah. And you feel it when you get off the plane as well. Yeah. It's like you step down and you're like, wow. Okay, yeah, yes, exactly. It's, it's, it's like so you're taking nice. a deep breath. Mm. Um, yeah. It took me a while to adjust to. Yeah, it to does. It. Like, yeah, I, like in Sussex, it's like in the nature in Sussex, you can feel you can feel it, but it's more like, I mean, to me, it, it feels like a sort of like a low hum, and it's mm -hmm. like you have to like dig a bit to reach it. And yeah. when you when you reach it, you bring it up. It's like it's there. It's great. Yeah. Um, but here, it's like you can feel like the magma, like yeah. the earth all the time and you can it's, it's like just, a constant vibration yeah, it's it's amazing i love it it's one of my favorite things about living here yeah same yeah it's it's um 
I mean, I often think that this is a shitty country to live in and, you know, there's a lot of shitty political things happening and, mm. like, a lot of, like, all my friends are always like, oh, we should just move somewhere else. Not that, you know, the rest of the world isn't shitty as well. Yeah. Um, but I think that's the major reason why I don't want to move away from here. Not long term anyway. Yeah. Like, ever again, really. There's definitely a lot more security in all things here. Yeah. Um, and for me as well, like, I mean, the UK is not the worst place to be. Um, but it's, I don't know, in recent, like the recent election, <laughs> yeah. I'm not happy about that. Um, and neither were almost all of my friends as well. So that's reassuring that mm-hmm. at least we make our own bubbles. But here it's, I'm, things are just nicer here. Things work. I mean, maybe it's because there are less people. I mean, things just work yeah. smoother. Um, things are fairer. And it's, it's I mean, in some more, ways, but in other ways, yeah, not. Yeah, yeah. So it's, yeah, uh, yeah it's, it's hits, hits and misses. Yeah. And there's a lot of corruption here, like mm. politically. But, you know, we're not here to yeah. talk about politics. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll do that at some point, maybe. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Go <laughs> <laughs> yeah. on. Um, yeah, no, I don't know. It's, it's a lovely place to be. Um, and, like, even, like, out of the city, in Haidmark, like, I don't know how far, like, yeah, and you have to twenty minutes. Yeah, even. twenty minutes yeah. out of the city, and you're just like it's, in nature, yeah. and you can always oh. like living. Like I was, I was talking about this with my mom the other day, that living somewhere where you can see both the mountains and the sea, mm. because she had been talking to um, a tourist at some point, like uh, a hitchhiker she picked up, um, which is a very like hitchhiking in Iceland is really easy. Yeah. <laughs> so she picks up a lot of hitchhikers. Um, and they'd been talking, and the tourist, uh, it was a girl from, um, oh, where was it? Siberia. Okay. Um, and she was saying that it was so incredible to her to be able to go up onto a mountain and then see the sea yeah. from the mountain. And that was just, like, not a thing that she had ever experienced. Yeah. And we were just like, yeah, I guess that is kind of unique i mean norway obviously like a couple of other places have this but having yeah. mountains and the sea in the same place yeah. and it's even like such a, from the window having it yeah SM, like always you've there. got a mountain like, just straight across from the sea from oh, Reykjavik. you can always yeah. see it it's i don't know there's some kind of security in mm. that because mm. mountains are just so like powerful and stolid yeah. and mm. reassuring <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so nice and even like, well, even just to be able to hike that, like, yeah. on a day off, if it's nice weather, it's like, yeah, you can take the bus there. <laughs> yeah. It's so nice. It's such a, like, a nice privilege as well to be like, yeah, I'm just going to climb this mountain. Yeah. Like, just, got a, like, <laughs> no biggie. Yeah. It's <laughs> yeah. so nice. We wanted to do like a few sort of regular. Uh, installments on the show Um, it's like every episode we will uh, go over a few things and one of those is uh, what are you reading Albert? So uh, at the moment I'm reading the book of English magic uh, by Philip Cargom and Richard Haygate Um, and Philip is actually the the is is there a word for it like the I don't know if it'd be like the high priest. He's he's the leader of the the order of druids um, mm. in the UK, um, but I'm wondering if there's if there's an actual an official. Oh yeah, term. I'm sure there is. But um, but yeah, he uh, he's the 
the head druid, um, and he actually gave a talk at my college once, which was lovely. Nice. Um, and yeah, my hometown, Lewis, in the UK, it's the, the seat of the Order of Druids as well. So he lives in my hometown, which is nice. Um, but yeah, it's a really good, it's, well, it's a really good book um, covering the history of magic in England for, well, I mean, they always start like from uh, Neolithic times. Um, wow. And uh, yeah, go through almost all the bits, which is nice. Um, but I mean, currently I've got up to the chapter on uh, Anglo-Saxon England and how Vikings and how mm. Norse everything influenced mm -hmm. influenced the UK. Um, and it's actually, it's really interesting. This book so far has been really good. I know that he's a very knowledgeable um, and wise person. Mm -hmm. um, there's actually the Druid cast. That's the like the order of oh, yeah. Bard's Druids and Evates. They have their podcast, um, which is also very good. Yeah. Um, so all of the things that they seem to be putting out as a group at the moment are good. So that's nice. Nice. Um, but yeah, that's what I'm into at the moment. I've not got super far, like maybe four chapters. Um, but it's been sitting on my shelf for like three years. So <laughs> it's time to start. <laughs> Yeah. Sounds a bit heavy as well. Like you have yeah, to take breaks. It's, yeah, it's like I can read about like one small chunk of history, and then like I don't know if I could read the whole history of magic in the UK. Yeah. Yeah. You know. But yeah, it's nice to slowly make your way through. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Nice. What are you reading? I am reading the uh, second book of La Belle Sauvage trilogy by Philip Pullman, which is. Uh, uh, so it's a it's an extension of our favorite mm -hmm. book series, <laughs> his Dark Materials, yes. um, which many of you know, like the Golden Compass, mm. uh, which was made into a movie a few years back, which is oh, not that great, no. um, but it's recently show. been made into a TV Ooh, show oh, and it's yes. fucking amazing. We love it. <laughs> Have you finished it now? <laughs> yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Good. I would like. Oh. We won't give away any spoilers. But yeah. Like, oof, it's yeah. really good. And it's very like it's very magical. It's very mm. like spiritual. Mm. There's a lot of of uh, philosophy about God and about religion, about organized mm -hmm. religion versus spirituality. Yeah. And like this book really shaped me as a young teenager. Yeah. So. Um, so recently Philip Pullman started writing or started publishing anyway, um, an extension of this, which is uh, called The Belle Sauvage. Um, so the first book, I can't actually remember when they came out. The first book came out a few years back a couple of years back and happens like before the Histark Materials trilogy. Okay, nice. Um, so just like just after Lyra, Lyra, the main character is born and is just like an infant. Um, so it introduces a lot of characters around her in Oxford. And then the second book happens after the Histark Materials trilogy. So Lyra is like a grown up, an adult who is like, whoa, I had all these adventures <laughs> as a kid and now I'm just like, what do I even do with my life? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's really good. I recommend it. I haven't finished the second book yet. Uh, but I mean, the other day it was, um, there was a big storm. It's, it's been very stormy this week in Iceland. Mm -hmm. um, but the other day there was a big storm all through the night and I couldn't sleep. And I was just listening to this book and I was just like, this is okay. I'll just stay up for five hours and just <laughs> listen. <laughs> I understand. I tend to listen to audiobooks rather than uh, read printed text. I just don't have the attention span for, for reading printed stuff. But I listen to all your books and I go to sleep. Yeah. So. Nice. I should do that more really. Especially at work when I'm sat at yeah. work all night. Like so I mean, nice. podcasts are great. But yeah. 
a book, I think, would be a nice change. <laughs> exactly. I really like it. And good audiobooks are just, yeah. you love it. Like, finding a good audiobook that is well read yeah. is just such a joy. <laughs> yeah, nice. So, yeah, that's what I'm reading. Lovely. So another thing that we wanted to do uh, a sort of regular installment of is for music that we're listening to and sort of just uh, do one artist or one band that we've been listening to a lot lately, um, especially something that inspires us in a sort of magical or spiritual yeah. way. Um, so something I've been listening to on repeat for the last couple of days is a band called Daka Braka. It's D-A-K-H-A-B-R-A-K-H-A, all in one word. Um, it's, a, it's a quartet, it's a folk quartet from Ukraine. Nice. And it's sort of, it's a, it's a very like new way of interpreting Ukrainian folk music in a really beautiful way. It's a quartet, it's uh, three women and one man. And they all come from this, there's an art center in Ukraine called the DAK, uh, D-A-K-H. And um, I first heard about them a few years back when I heard of a band called DAK Daughters. So Daughters of, of DAK, basically, of this center. And that's like a huge band with um, a bunch of women like playing cello and uh, reinterpreting folk music in a very like punk sort of way. Nice. And it's really, really cool. Uh, so Daka Braka is less punk, um, but it's it's really gorgeous and really uh, fun to listen to. It's very nice. different. Really recommend it. Is it like uh, is it like Slavic like folk music like similar to Polish sort of? Yeah, sort of. Like it's it's very like vibes. Baltic. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and sort of drums like very like good beats yeah, <laughs> sort of in nice. inside it lots of really cool singing vocalizations okay, yeah, nice. uh yeah really really cool <laughs> oh, nice i love balkan music it's, yeah. mm. <laughs> i didn't know much anything of any folk music from that area until i played the witcher 3 oh really <laughs> yeah and then I was just like, wow, like i need this like it's oh, just so powerful so i need much this in good my life music. <laughs> oh. mm, yes what are you listening to? Uh, so I, like, okay, my, my like, on repeat uh, playlist on Spotify is essentially just Norwegian pop music and uh, <laughs> the His Dark Materials uh, score. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> and, well, and then Aurora, like, Norwegian, but in English. Mm-hmm. Um, so no, Aurora, I've been listening to a lot. Mm. Um, and now it's funny, because whenever you shuffle all of her music, you get the, uh, the song from the new Frozen movie, um, oh yeah, which she's featured in in like I don't know twenty something different languages. And oh, it's, and I I don't have the stomach to listen to it so many times. But, right, uh, just her like <laughs> what's this uh, uh like this you know this like a uh, Swedish cattle call. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Cool, Wait, what's cool it called? Name, I think it's called. Uh, Maybe. Yeah. I'll have to find a YouTube thing or something after. Yeah. To check that later, but uh, I think it's called Kulning. Um, but it's uh, yeah like this like I, I mean I can't do it so I'm not even going to begin to try but like <laughs> this, this really nice uh, like very high pitched yeah um, so it's, it's sort of similar to yodeling but yeah. um, lower down and less yeah. 
silly sounding. Yeah, Sorry, yeah. you're loose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's really nice. Uh, but like Aurora uses that a lot in her yeah. music, uh, which I really enjoy. Yeah, cooling. That's um, what it's okay, called. Cool nice. Yeah, um, and it's. Uh, I just she's just so powerful she's this tiny person yeah um, but she has this like she's just so powerful when she sings and uh, she she played a gig uh, in 2018 for the Iceland Airwaves Festival um, a free gig at Kex Hostel which is where I work um, and she was incredible like yeah oh my god she is amazing already I liked her but yeah. then after seeing her I was just like wow like you're so powerful mm. and Björk was there like yeah. in disguise to watch her <laughs> so that was pretty cool um, but uh, yeah she's been brilliant I love her like my boyfriend now is, is getting so tired of hearing her, <laughs> hearing her music all the time so yeah I'm sorry for that but uh, yeah I just love her I think she's brilliant um, yeah and it's been essentially just my my repeat playlist has been that the uh, His Dark Materials score which is amazing mm-hmm. um and then uh, Gabrielle, this Norwegian pop singer. Oh, um, yeah? <laughs> it's just cheesy pop. It's awful. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, my Norwegian is not amazing, but I can understand all these lyrics because they're so simple. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> so it's nice. nice. Like, it's helpful in that way. But, yeah, it is It is pretty trashy pop. But, like, <laughs> Sometimes you need that in between. About yeah, that. yeah really. so it's fine. No shame for music. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's my... Cool. It's my playlist. Um, another segment that we thought we would do um, is our Crystal and Herb of the Month. Mm-hmm. Um, and as, as this is like the first introduction, and we will do another episode, like we will do a full episode this month as well. Um, we'll just focus on herbs for now. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so the, uh, do you want to start or should I? Um, yeah, use that. That's fine. Okay, so my Herb of the Month, um, and really my Herb of my life, <laughs> uh, is Yarrow. Uh, Achillea millifolium. Um, it grows pretty much everywhere in Northern yeah. Europe, I think, even here, which is really nice. Yeah. Um, and it's it's so like I don't know it's 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 quaint, <laughs> like it's not like a flower that you would look at and be like, oh, that's so beautiful. But it's yeah, it's just like really a regular useful. part of the landscape. Like during the yeah. summer, it's everywhere. Mm. You don't even think about it. Mm. Yeah. It's super, I don't know, it's just, it's really nice. Like it's, and it's a comfort as well to me because it's all around my home as well. Um, not my here home, my old mm-hmm. home. Um, but yeah, so yarrow is medicinally, um, it's been used as, what's the word, coagulant? Um, mm. Like blood thickener, like to staunch bleeding. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's been used as this. Um, but it's strange as well because if you, put a leaf of it in your nose, it will cause your nose to bleed. Um, but then you put that leaf back in your nose and it will stop a nosebleed. So it's like, it's a really strange plant. Um, but it's... Uh, it starts yeah. your bleeding and it stops it as well. Yeah, it's very strange. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's... If that uh, isn't magical, I don't know what is. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think it's, yeah, it's, it's cool. It's a powerful plant. Mm-hmm. But, uh, so it's, uh, it's ruled by Venus. Um, and its element is water, um, which I mean, it's I think it grows in like damp, boggy fields, sort of, right? Yeah, but like it, I think it can grow in like wet mm. bits, 
Okay. Too, which is everywhere really here as well. So that's Iceland and England in a nutshell. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But uh, yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, it's mostly like like herbally. In the past, it was used for to stop bleeding um, and to start nosebleeds as well. Um, but uh, yeah, magically, it's uh, it's used for protection, um, exorcism, love spells. Uh, people use it for courage as well, um, and I guess to use that in a sachet, maybe like a blue cloth sachet with some mm-hmm. borage or a herb like that, that would be a really good courage mm. uh, combination. Maybe some yellow jasper as well mm. as a crystal. Yeah. Um, yeah, in love magic, it's used. Um, it's picked uh, so traditionally. Like many other herbs, uh, used in specific love spells to see your potential future lover. Um, it's picked on a full moon, ideally from a graveyard, um, and then sewn into a pillow. Um, you know, but then there's so many other herbs that are used yeah. in this way. So it's we're just talking about that. It's like every other herb will have a story like that. If you pick it at a certain time of the month or the year mm-hmm. in a certain place, and then you put it under your pillow or sew it into your pillow, or you eat it before going to sleep like you will see a future lover and it's like i can kind of just imagine that like wise people and witches of the past were just like constantly being asked about this and they would be like yeah just take um yeah this herb (laughs) (laughs) having fun with people just but yeah you have to take any but then Um, like if that is the intention as well i think like if you do that and like the herb isn't like sort of malefic in some way then if you have that intention of going out like on a certain night of the year or the month and you do that and then you sleep it and mm-hmm. like you're expecting to dream of a future lover then yeah. like the that would probably be enough yeah <laughs> it's nice and it's romantic like yeah yeah romance in magic is always lovely not and I'm sure really necessary it's just often, also but... that it's also that just a lot of herbs will help in just strengthening that intention, I guess. Mm. Yeah. So I guess that's why so many herbs have that story. I feel like for yarrow as well, it's wrought by Venus, so mm. that makes sense. And then as a as a water herb, mm-hmm. to have dreams. Yeah, because water is like watery. emotions and mm. the subconscious. Yeah. Oh, it's super nice. It's a really lovely herb. Um, it's energetic as well. Yeah. Like the tea. Yarrow yeah, tea you were saying is very as well like on, uh, on a nature walk. Uplifting and and energetic. Mm. It's almost like caffeine, but yeah. but different, different. Yeah. But it wakes you up. <laughs> You're saying on a you went on a nature walk. Yeah, um, on a nature walk. Uh, this last oh was it September or something? Um, my brother is, is learning to be um, a nature therapist, um, and he does these nature walks in Reykjavik. And uh, at the end of it, basically, he had like he had actually picked just some yarrow, just because it's everywhere <laughs> so he just picked it and put it in the teapot and gave us some yarrow tea and it was so lovely and like the whole day after that i was just i mean it was also just like the meditation and everything that was going on but yeah. it was so nice such a good energy mm. oh, lovely it's such a special herb like yeah it's just super I don't know, like even just to look at, it's just pleasing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, we have like quite a bit like dried and hanging in our house. Um, mm-hmm. And it's lovely. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It just brings nice vibes. Um, it's used for exorcism as well. Um, mm. 
which makes sense with the with the like I mean makes sense with the bleeding. Oh yeah. As well, like to to remove things. Um, yeah. But I love that in in all the magical uses of the herbs, you can see. I mean, there are usually always parallels in physical mm-hmm. things to do with them, um, which is really nice as well because sometimes people who go into witchcraft not knowing much, they'll read a book of like, oh yeah, and like, you know, lavender is used for this and rosemary is used for this, but mm. then you never really ask why. It's like, why is it used yeah. for this? And it's always nice to to notice as well, like, I mean, why is a sunflower ruled by the sun? Why is it a fire element mm. plant? Like it's, I mean, it's symbolic, like it is the sun. Mm-hmm. A sunflower is, is just a representation like the of the sun. It, it's... it looks like the sun. It follows the sun. Yeah. It's always looking at the sun. It's yeah. So it's like they all make sense. Um, There's always a story always, there. Yeah. That's uh, something I love about witchcraft and correspondences. Mm. You can always make up a little story about it because yeah. it's so obvious. It's just there. Mm. It's super nice. Oh, everything just flows and connects, and it's yeah. lovely. Um, yeah. So yarrow is my my herb of the month. Um, lovely tea. Not so lovely nosebleeds. Um, <laughs> and then, yeah, just it's also used every now and again. Um, typically in midsummer mm-hmm. times, people would like wash their face with it to, mm. to see fairies and to, see, to be more in tune with Ooh. other realms. Um, nice. And I mean, in my experience, like I mean, in, in England as well, it's like where all these different trees were readily available. It's like if you can find some, uh, some birch and some hazel and some holly like mm-hmm. those three together and some other trees and herbs as well it's like if you can find some like leaves or branches from that and just carry that that's a powerful talisman for that mm. um, alone but like to make like a fun little like flower crown with some yarrow like that kind yeah. of hurt, if that was going to be an aid in any sort of visiony mm. extra dimensional stuff I don't know is that the right term to use just out from yeah yeah out, yeah, external worlds rather than internal worlds. I yeah. Guess. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, so that's my herb of the month. Sweet. Um, my herb of the month is lemon balm, um, which is called... I love the Icelandic name for lemon balm because it's hjarta uh, fro, which kind of means like heart. Hjarta is heart and fro is like sort of happiness or contentment. Yeah. So it's like content yes. heart. <laughs> oh, <that's cute. laughs> and it's very descriptive for for what the herb does as well because it is like it's very it's very calming, it's good for anxiety. Um and it and it heals your heart. So like if you've got a broken heart or if you're depressed even or anxious or are dealing with anything that makes you feel sort of down, uh lemon balm is really good. It's very soothing. Um it can help with uh, I think it can even help with sleep uh, because it just sort of lowers all that anxiety and stress and calms it down. So if you've got sleep problems because of anxiety, then uh, lemon balm can be very helpful. More gentle than valerian as well. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. <laughs> like a gentle lull rather than just like a you will sleep now. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um... And if you're feeling restless as well, um, it's connected with um, relationships and the heart, obviously, um, and fertility as well. Um, 
It's also a water plant uh, and it's connected with Jupiter, uh, which is the planet of luck and expansion. I really like Jupiter. Mm. And Cancer, the, the zodiac sign, not the illness. Yeah. <laughs> um, and one, like, I wrote down a few, like, historical uses for it and one of them from um, Christian Pedersen was uh, anyone who has heart sickness so bad they can't sleep should eat lemon balm in the morning on an empty stomach and in their food. Nice. Um, and I kind of, like, I don't know if that's meant for, like, broken heart from, like, relationship problems, but yeah. I think heart sickness could also be depression and yeah. anxiety and just, like, mental uh, ailments. Mm. Um, you can also promote menstruation. By putting okay. lemon balm in your underwear. I didn't know so, that. So, yeah. It's from uh, Simon Pauly. Uh, and it's, uh, yeah, so if if uh, you're having menstrual problems, lemon balm is great. Actually, yarrow is great for menstrual problems as well. Okay, cool. Um, uh, and, like, because it's, um, so yarrow is good for, uh, as pain relief. Hmm. And for menstrual pains, it's apparently okay. really, really good. Nice. Um, and yeah, so is lemon balm. Lemon balm is also often called Melissa or sweet mm. Melissa because the Latin name is Melissa officinalis. Mm. Um, yeah, oh, and it's really good for bees as well. Save yeah. the bees. Mm. We love the bees. Uh, so lemon balm, if you grow it in a garden, it can attract honeybees. And if you're, uh, if you want to keep bees, if you're a beekeeper, basically, if you've got a hive, um, you can smear some lemon balm on the inside of the, uh, of the, uh, oh my God, what's it called? The inside of the hive, the... I can't remember, but yeah, you can just yeah. smear lemon balm on, yeah, <laughs> inside the hive, the and then the bees will stay there, basically, because yes. they love the smell of lemon balm, yes. and I do too, it smells really nice. Yeah. It's really fresh. Yeah. I used to sort put it in soup. Like slightly citrusy in a very mm. strange way. And it's kind of similar to parsley, I think. Like just the taste of it. Mm. It's very nice. We used to have loads growing in the... When I was working in Cafe Florin. Mm. Um, in the botanical gardens here. There's a nice cafe. Uh, but when I was one of the chefs there, we had uh, like a bunch of salad and herbs and everything growing in the back. And there was like a huge, like one whole like uh, raised bed full of Melissa. Oh, nice! It was so nice. Oh, I would just like if I was just, having a stressful yeah, day, I'd just go and stand it. outside yeah. and just like just waft. Just go and like just smell it, <laughs> and you just immediately calm down. It's yeah. so lovely. <laughs> This is yet another <laughs> regular segment on the show. We're going to have a lot of, like, short segments mm. on each show. That's nice. Uh, so this is Icelandic folk tales and myths. And this is sort of... We just want to read uh, a short folk lore, folk tale, or even a mythological tale from Iceland, because uh, we feel like... There's a lot of stories here that aren't being told. Mm. Um, and I'm just going to do a short one this time. 
And this is just a very typical story, really. There are so many stories of, of uh, Hildefolk, which is elves and uh, trolls and ghosts and everything. So this is a story um, about two men who are riding uh, between uh, two farms. And uh, they were riding and then they stood outside one of the farm when suddenly one of the farmers just was sort of knocked back and uh, lay on the ground on his back. And at the same time, all of the dogs by the farm started howling. So the other farms, the other farmer asked what had happened. And the farmer who was knocked back said that suddenly a girl wearing blue clothes had come running and ran into him, basically. Uh, and after that, she sort of ran up to the farm. Uh, and it's, I mean, that's basically the story. <laughs> she didn't do anything after that that is um, being told about anyway. Um, but it's, it's a very typical story. Uh, also that she was dressed in blue. Blue is very connected to the Hildefolk. Uh, in general, they're often dressed in blue. Mm. Um, so yeah, <laughs> nice. That's the story. Yeah, I love. Uh, there's always, like with loads of these stories, there's like lots of similar themes. Yeah, um, and especially with farms, it's always like this farm in the middle of nowhere in the <laughs> sky, and it's like I just it's so it's so romantic. Yeah, um, even if it's like a really creepy one. Yeah, um, yeah. It's so nice to. I mean, I wanted to do a, a short story now as well, just because because of the first one. And I wanted to just sort of lay a little bit of groundwork as well, because all of these stories have been collected at a time when basically like there was there were no towns or anything in Iceland. Everybody was living on farms and it was always like really far between farms. So it, you might have to ride for a whole day to get to the next farm. Um, so there weren't really, like, there might be, like, some farms that were closer together, and later on they would form a village or a town. But basically at this time, it was like, you were, you had the people that you lived with, which was your family and some workers. And that was it. Like, you might not see anyone else for mm -hmm. days upon days or months. Especially if the weather was bad. Yeah. In the winter, you would just... Yeah, you wouldn't see anyone else. <laughs> I love... Like, stories like this as well from the Westfields as well. Yeah. It's like, how much more remote can you be? Exactly. Than, like, the top west corner of mountainous Iceland. It's like... Yeah. The Westfields so many... are, like, infamous for being... Even nowadays, very difficult to travel. <laughs> and it's, uh, it's a lot of... It's a really craggy sort of fjords. So you would have to like, you can't really go over the mountains usually, you would have to go around them. Um, and a lot of the time it's because there's a troll in the yeah. mountain who would like bar your way. <laughs> mm. I love it. Yeah, me too. And the Hildefolk, the elves, um, uh, it's a special kind of elf that is uh, particular to Iceland. Mm. Um, because, I mean, they're always a bit different in mm. each story. 
or each um, country, basically. Yeah. Um, our elves are a bit more like the Tolkien elves. You probably base them on mm. our elves in a lot of ways. Uh, they're very tall, very beautiful, very fair, often dressed in blue, often with crowns, like most of them seem to be sort of... Uh, of a, Like, they live very well. They're, I don't know if aristocrat would be the right word, but yeah. it's, a, you know, a lot of them wear crowns and, like, very expensive clothing and jewellery and... They live inside rocks and uh, mountains and they have these beautiful halls in there that no humans are allowed to see. But Mm. we have these stories about how they're very beautiful. Um, And they would come out and sometimes interact with humans in in various ways. It's It's nice how distinct it is as well from like... You have so many fairy stories from Ireland and Scotland as well, um, about fairies that live in the hills. Mm-hmm. Um, but even then, it's like, it's, there's, I mean, in my, in my personal experience and all the fairy tales that I've read and, and been told growing up um, with Irish and Scottish folk stories, it's like, they're there, but there's much more of a divide. Um, mm-hmm. Whereas in Iceland, it's more like, People, the belief in elves now is still so common mm-hmm. that it's like, oh yeah, you know, like, they're there. It's like, so yeah, I, just, I saw one the other day and it's like, but it's, I don't know, it's just, it's more, there's there's not as great a divide between mm. these worlds here. Mm-hmm. And I mean, maybe that's to do with the energy of, of yeah. the place as well. It's like everything is always turned up, like yeah. it's always full. So it's, yeah. Totally. And I, I do want to mention that, like, it's, it's a common story about Icelanders like oh everybody here believes in elves and it's like no that's not really true most people don't believe in elves however uh, a large portion of Icelanders will be like well I don't really believe in elves but if there is an uh, a rock that is like has stories of elves attached to it then it would probably just be safer just in case yeah. not to disturb it. <laughs> yeah. You know? Um, but I mean, they won't like really go out of their way personally. Yeah. Or really believe in them or anything like that. But they're like, yeah, you know, just in case. Yeah. If There's... we can if we can go around it then Yeah. That would be better. Like with roadworks being diverted and stuff. Yeah. Um... Yeah, that's... I mean, there is a lot of stories about roads being built in Iceland and it would be like, oh, we're going to lay this road through um, a rock that has elf stories connected to it. Yeah. And like literally all of like everything would fail. Yeah. Uh, people would get sick, mm-hmm. like all the, the equipment, equipment would break, would break yeah. um, until the road is actually just waylaid around the stone. Yeah. And like there's a lot of these stories. So... Mm-hmm. It's really interesting. My even like before I'd moved, um, I had a friend who because I came first to Iceland in twenty fifteen, mm-hmm. um, just as a tourist. Yeah, um, and I loved it. <laughs> and obviously, I loved it because I'm here now. I've been <laughs> yeah. here now for almost three years, so it's great. But uh, no, I had a friend who, when I was talking to him about Iceland, uh, he was like, "Yeah, I came with my family um, in like twenty fourteen or something." Um, and like me and my brother were playing near this lava field um, and he actually broke his arm while he was here on holiday. Oh, shit. Um, 
And then they, they went to the Don't climb on the lava, it's dangerous. Yes, <laughs> oh my god. And medical care is expensive if you have no insurance. So, oh, yes. Yeah. Um, but no, he, uh, they had to, to, to go to a Um and the doctor even was like, oh yes, this area is notorious for elves. Yeah. And like, it's, like, it's just that, like, yeah, you say it, like it's, yeah. it's a really commonly spoken about thing. Like whether it's deeply believed in or not, it's still just, it's a very Yeah. And there will be like particular places, like there's a lot of these places in Iceland where there's like, oh, there are so many stories in this place about this kind of mythological being. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was actually uh, looking up before we did the episode. There's a, a website that I hadn't actually heard about before, and I just randomly found it. It's an Icelandic website that has an interactive map of Iceland, and you can look up different beings, yeah. like stories, and nice. it will link. Like it's mostly based on uh, the folk stories that uh, were collected by this one guy, um, and. It's it's really cool. Yeah. I didn't know this existed, and we should probably I'll put it in the show notes a link to mm-hmm. this website. Nice. Um, even though the stories are all in Icelandic, but you can also just look at the map and see like, oh, where where are the tales about trolls located? Mm. And you can see like in some places, if you zoom out on the map, it will just say like, there's twenty five stories here, and yeah. there's ten <laughs> stories here, and it's like, it's, you can see how widespread, but also how particular it is. Yeah. And like trolls in uh, in the East Fjords, yeah, are very exactly. The trolls in the West Fjords, yeah. So it's like, for for a small country, it's like there's still so much variety, yeah. in all these stories all around. I love that totally. Yeah. And even just driving around Iceland, you see these like craggy rocks in the mountains, and you're just like, that looks exactly like a person. And I can totally believe yeah. why <laughs> people would think like, oh, trolls turn to stone when they yeah. go out in the sunlight. It's like, yeah, it does look exactly like a person. <laughs> I love it. I think it's so interesting. Uh, So I wanted to talk a little bit about astrology because that is my passion these days. Um, I'm still pretty much like I would consider myself a beginner, but I've been studying it I've been studying a lot of astrology for the last year or so. Um, So I decided to draw up a chart for the podcast, uh, which is a thing you can do uh, if you didn't know. I didn't know this was the thing you could do before I started studying astrology. It's called an orary chart. So you just look up a chart for like an event or happening or whatever. and you can look at the chart as though this event was a person. So we're looking at this chart as though the podcast is a person because it's our baby. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so I wanted to... So this is the chart for when we publish the Facebook page. So we're looking at that as sort of the beginning of the podcast. And I really wanted it to be on a waxing or full moon. Uh, so we decided to do it on the full moon eclipse in Cancer, mm-hmm. which is, you know, maybe a bit risky because, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. wow, emotions run really fucking high. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a lot going on in the stars uh, just in general. But yeah, that week of the 10th 
uh, was really busy. Um, but the chart for the podcast, uh, it has Sun in Capricorn, mm-hmm. just like Albert. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it actually has a stellium in the fifth house. And that's like really hardworking, loyal, uh, because Capricorn stellium, it's a Capricorn stellium in the fifth house. Um, Capricorn stelliums are really hardworking. They will find their way to success. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I figure oh, that would be a really good vibe. Um, Capricorn stelliums also have the potential to make a career out of any of the 12 houses. So there's like two houses that are particularly about jobs and careers. Uh, but Capricorn Stellium is like, you can just make a career out of any house. And the fifth house is such a fun house. It's a, it's the house of, of uh, sort of pleasure, of fun, how you entertain yourself. And obviously podcasts are <laughs> entertainment. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's about sort of happiness and creative pursuits and how you express yourself. And it's sort of really fun, loving house, mm-hmm. which is good because Capricorn can be a bit serious. Yeah. <laughs> Just a little bit. <laughs> uh, so, um, the moon in Cancer is a bit emotional, but it is also, the moon is also the natural ruler of Cancer. So that's like a really good placement. Um, so it can be a little bit difficult to control the emotions, but I think that all the Capricorn in the chart will sort of make up for that. Uh, and balance that sort of out to help us keep our emotions in check when needed. Mm, (laughs) And also Cancer is one of the signs that is most open to other realms. Mm. So I think that having the moon in Cancer can really help us get in touch with our subconscious, with our magic and with sort of internal... um, and magical energies. Mm-hmm. The moon is also in the 11th house, uh, which is a good thing. 11th house is the house of sort of groups. Um, it's about like communities and friendships, which is a really good thing for a podcast because we yeah. want to build, um, you know, we want we want listeners to be a part of, of something. I don't mm. know. Um, we'd love to hear sure. from you and we'd love to like interact with you in the future. Um, so that would be a wonderful thing to be able to to make some sort of community yeah. uh, with other like-minded people. Especially witchy friends here as well. Yes, exactly. We Especially of, local uh, friends. Yeah, a lot of local friends who, who are, have expressed interest in this, which is really great. Um, yeah. But who also are... I don't know, people who I find really interesting and I would love to interview them about what magic is to them and then how, I don't know, their magical education and yeah. so many things. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. um, so we've got Mercury in Capricorn and in the fifth house. Um, so that's a really good balance, I think, again, of sort of Capricorn's more serious energies because Capricorn is also very... Um, can be very like uh, focused and uh, structured and in communication, which is Mercury. Mm-hmm. Um, it'll be very, it will help with getting 
information across in a very concise way. Uh, but also very fun because fifth house. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Um, we've got Venus in Aquarius, which is a very <laughs> fun uh, placement. <laughs> a bit unpredictable. Um, and in the seventh house, which is a house of partnerships. Uh, so that's a really good thing uh, for any kind of business partnership, which is like you and me, yeah. basically. <laughs> um, so... I think that's uh, a really good placement for Venus, even though Aquarius can be a little bit strange and unpredictable. Mm. <laughs> um, we've got Mars in Sagittarius, which is a very expansive and very sort of outward energy. Um, and in the fourth house, which can be a little bit difficult, uh, but I think, you know, I think we'll survive that. Yeah. <laughs> so we've also got a North Node in Cancer and South Node in Capricorn. And North Node is something that I really love. It's a very, um, it's an aspect of astrology that is sort of karmic in its nature. It's, um, so North Node sort of explains where like what's your sole purpose kind of thing. Um, so speaking about North Node and South Node, you kind of have to come at it from the idea that we are reincarnated in some way, that our soul or whatever you want to call it is reincarnated and goes through different lives to gain different experiences. So the idea is that the South Node represents sort of what you have already been through and what you have mastered in some way, but also something that you have had a lot of. Uh, so it's something like South Node in Capricorn means that um, you've already sort of gone through a lot of Capricorn placements and you know how to use Capricorn energies and Capricorn qualities. Um, and it's something that maybe you fall back on sort of automatically. And what you need to do to reach the North Node in Cancer which is like the opposite sign. Um, so you need to sort of embody the qualities of cancer in order to um, balance between cancer and Capricorn. Yeah. So you need to be able to sort of use your Capricorn um, qualities and the experiences of it, but you also need to uh, embrace Cancerian energies. And I think with Cancer in the full moon eclipse, uh, yeah. that shouldn't be too hard. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. So yeah, it's just a little bit about the podcast chart, which was cast for the 10th of January 2020 at 1923 in Reykjavik, Iceland. Oh, and we've got Rising and Leo as well. Nice. Which is like, ooh. Okay. <laughs> Proactive. Fun times, very yeah. proactive, very fun. Um, and fifth house, which is, which is where the stellium is, is the house of Leo. Nice. So, yeah, I think it all comes together very beautifully. Hmm. I'm hopeful. Yeah, yeah. me too. <laughs> Yay. And I'll probably talk a lot more about astrology in future episodes because Please. Oh, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> it's something that I don't know a huge amount outside of just the basics of what the sun mm -hmm. signs are supposed to be. So it's really good to 
Yeah. To just hear everything because I just don't, I don't know. I don't know anything. <laughs> I need to learn. I want to learn all the things always as a totally. Capricorn. So, yeah. Yeah. And to do a bit of self-promotion, I do offer chart readings for people's birth charts. Um, so you can contact me. I'll put a link in the show notes. Nice. Um, so, yeah. But yeah, so this this has been our intro episode, and uh, yeah, we're very hopeful for this. Yeah. I mean, it's I there's so close much it off. to cover. I want to close it up with um, a little bit of a guided meditation yeah. kind of thing, nice. uh, which I thought of earlier today. Um, so, unless you want to add anything, uh, no, I think it's great. I mean, we'll we'll post uh, links to socials and stuff on. Uh, uh, on our Facebook group, but also we'll make an Instagram. Um, yeah, we're not sure yet where this podcast will be available. Yeah, should um, be should be anywhere. Yeah. Um, but yeah, our Facebook is uh, Nordna Galdur, the name of the podcast. Uh, that's it. It's just Nordna Galdur. Uh, our Instagram should be the same, but you can find everything through our Facebook page. So I want to dedicate this fragment of the episode to Australia and all of our siblings in Australia who are suffering because of the massive fires going on. And so I wanted to do a little bit of a sort of guided meditation slash manifestation that we could do together. Mm-hmm. So I want you to get comfortable wherever you are. If you're sitting somewhere, then sit back and relax and relax all your muscles and I want you to conjure up whatever image you have of Australia especially if it's somewhere out in the nature out in the forests where the fires are happening right now but imagine Australia as you would normally without the fires Imagine the heat and the humidity and imagine that you are standing there in nature, in Australia. And then I want you to imagine a raindrop falling down on your head and then another one and more. And the rain is falling quickly now. It's a torrent of rain falling down on you and on Australian forests in the nature. And the rain is so thick that you can't even see through it. It's so heavy, but it's warm, so it's a very nice kind of rain. Everything just get drenched within minutes of this heavy torrential rain. You can see little rivers starting to form in the puddles. 
and it's covering everything. And I want you to imagine and think of this whenever you're outside in the rain or in the shower or the swimming pool, wherever there's water, to just imagine that water falling down, down in Australia on those fires and washing them out. Thank you so much for listening to this whole episode. Um, we really enjoyed making it, so we really hope that you enjoyed listening to it. Um, and we're going to have the second episode out very, very soon. We're so excited to talk more and to talk about more specific things. Um, we just want to give a quick shout out to uh, Nordnagar. It's not quite our name. It's very similar. <laughs> um, Nordnagal is a band based in Iceland and they did the intro and outro song, which is also the song that we use in between segments. It's called Yog. Um, I don't think it's up on Spotify just yet, but um, they are on SoundCloud and we're going to put the link to their page in our description. Um, and also a shout out to our friend Bo, who did our logo, uh, which is just gorgeous and we love it. Uh, so thank you so much. We'll put a link to his Instagram as well in the show notes. And as well as links to our Facebook page uh, where you can find our email address. If you have any questions, you can send us uh, messages on Instagram, on Facebook, wherever. If you have uh, any questions or just want to tell us anything specific. <laughs> thank you so much and we'll see you soon. Bye.